two weeks ago, the Milwaukee Bucks lost in Toronto in an embarrassing fashion. Thankfully for the Bucks, that was not the case during Wednesday night's rematch, even without Giannis Antetokounmpo playing. Powered by a dynamic offensive performance from their starting backcourt, the Bucks secured the biggest win of the young season, defeating the Raptors 128 to 112. We're going to break down all of the action from tonight's win, plus more on today's episode of Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Truly do appreciate you tuning in and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of the day. I'm your host, Camille Davis, and you can catch me weekly on the Technical File podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Joining me is the founder of BrewHoop.com and longtime voice of the pod, Frank Madden. And today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Now, tonight, the Bucks got some revenge in Toronto. And taking a look just at the numbers and how it got done, it's an interesting story tonight. So the Milwaukee Bucks shot the crap out of the ball this evening. They shot 52% from the field. They were 20 of 39 from three, so over 50% from the three-point line. And that was powered in large part by the efforts of Malik Beasley and Damian Lillard. That They lost the free throw battle tonight, but they got there at a pretty good rate and converted at a very high clip, converting 20 out of 21 of those. Uh, they lost the rebounding battle as well as the points in the paint battle, but when you shoot the ball that well, it can overcome quite a few things. And looking at this game, the Raptors didn't look the same as they did two weeks ago. No OG, no Gary Trent, among some others, but neither did the Bucks. We had no Giannis tonight, and as mentioned, no Jay Crowder with him dealing with his injury that's putting him out for at least two months. Andre Jackson Jr., Ajax, started in place of Giannis tonight. Toronto led pretty early, uh, 8-2, but then the Bucks replied with a 17-0 run and never trailed in the game again. The Bucks led 36-21 after one quarter and 70 to 47 at the half. And as I mentioned, Dame and Malik Beasley completely showed out tonight in Toronto. The Bucks backcourt accounted for more than half of the Bucks 128 points tonight. They had 67 points between the two of them with Dame dropping 37 plus 12 assists, his first double-double of the season, and Malik going crazy with 30 points tonight in a season high, eight made threes. That backcourt spent a lot of discussion around him about that defense, and tonight the offense was really speaking for him. In addition to that, we saw Chris Middleton play a really crucial role for the team in the fourth quarter with Dame on the bench and Toronto trying to make another crazy run, and we saw that they can do it. They did it to Washington earlier this week. Uh, the Bucks chose to run their offense through Chris. He had a timely mid-range jumper. Then he assisted on the next three baskets to lead get the lead back up to 20 with a little bit over three minutes to play. Brooke Lopez had a near triple-double tonight, 10 points, eight rebounds, seven blocks. And I think the defense looked a little bit sharper tonight, although there is still room for improvement. So, Frank, what were some of your biggest takeaways from tonight's uh, revenge win in Toronto? I mean, it's nice to just, like, finally have a really good – and, again, yes, they obviously had the lead eaten into in the fourth quarter, but – that was 48 minutes 
yeah. close enough of, of good, but really good basketball. Right. And, and we've been waiting for that. Right. When are the Bucks going to play a really good game of basketball? And, uh, you know, I gotta say we, we've had obviously some Dame closing time, uh, you know, sensational moments, um, doing what he did against Philly, uh, you know, the, the, the comeback against Detroit, we have, we've had some fun Dame moments, but I mean, that was like the Dame Lillard experience, yeah. right? Only played 30 minutes at the end of the day, like barely played in the fourth quarter. It looked like, uh, Adrian Griffin was kind of just content to just see if they could go maybe the whole fourth quarter without even needing him. Um, and then he came back kind of very late, but, but, you know, really by that point, they, they had figured it out. Um, and you know, the, the very long distance three point shooting, finally, like that, that soul crushing three point bombing that he's capable of, man, it is fun to watch when he's doing it for your team, isn't it? Ah, uh, that's so fun to watch. Um, getting to the rim against that pick and roll defense, getting to the edge and, and getting the rim against, you know, mainly, um, Jakob Peltel, uh, as, as we like to call it. I, I was actually, I went back and watched, uh, Camille, a, uh, someone, one of my friends actually asked me, was like, how do you, how did they pronounce that name again? And I went and watched a German interview, an well, Austrian TV interview. And, uh, they, that's, that's how they pronounce it. Peltel. Um, not, not told them to listen to locked on bucks. They would yeah. have gotten from hearing you say it. Yeah. Not Pertle. Um, sorry, Jakob. Um, <laughs> The free throws, I mean, again, getting the free throw line just all day long. And then the part that really we have not seen, the next kind of unlocking of Dame Lillard that we thought was in there, but we really had not seen was the passing. Yes. And the assist numbers tonight were really big. What do you have, 12 or 13 assists? 13. Um, But it wasn't just like, you know, one, you know, kick out to the wing and hit a contested three, right? I mean, obviously there were a lot of three-pointers that were made (laughs) off of his passes. But some of those passes, you know, whirling kind of one hand whip cross court passes, um, driving to the basket, you know, contorting his body, finding guys in the corner for good looks at threes. And he had that he had that pass in the first half to Bobby Portis, where he was being defended at the top of the arc. And Bobby's like going along the baseline and just a bullet pass kind of between multiple defenders. Uh, that's the kind of stuff we've been waiting to see as a playmaker from him as well. So to see both the shooting, the mm-hmm. foul drawing, the getting to the rim and finishing, and to see the passing and playmaking, you know, that was like, a, to me, kind of the complete Dame offensive experience. And this was, you know, this was the Milwaukee Blazers, basically, right? It was yeah. Damian Lillard, you know, an, an offense unto himself, the guy that, you know, the last decade or whatever, especially the last few years, um, had developed into a guy that is just a, a walking offense, walking top five offense. That's what he did for the Bucks tonight. And, you know, obviously we want to get to the point of seeing him and Giannis and Chris together being this dynamic, unstoppable offense. Uh, but on a night like tonight, you needed Dame to be Dame because we couldn't just say, hey, Giannis, go take over. They've been extremely reliant on Giannis. You know, the on-off numbers mm-hmm. are really crooked right now in terms of they are you know, very good when Giannis is on the floor and completely fall apart when he's off the floor. So for Dame, whose numbers have been the opposite, um, and ironically, the, the problem has been the offense. The Bucks' defense has been better with Dame on the floor than off it. Surprising. But it's the offense. Yeah, it's the offense that has been really poor. And obviously, there's kind of random stuff, you know, weird shooting luck, things like that, including Dame's own shooting that has obviously been a problem. But tonight, we got to see, you know, Adrian Griffin 
in the Lori Nichols article in Journal Sentinel yesterday was talking about almost like there's a little cloud falling them around sometimes it feels like which the dark cloud again it's like don't talk about that Adrian okay like yes <laughs> yes there's a lot of talk on Twitter and I'm I'm talking about it on Twitter too because it's out there it's the conversation uh it's the conversation and we're looking for reasons to feel good about the bucks <laughs> and the coaching staff and uh obviously there have been challenges um but tonight you had to feel great about it especially seeing the way they responded uh mm -hmm. having lost that game the way they did a, a couple weeks back and and again it's like yeah i mean you got a huge shooting variance in this game the bucks were plus 33 from three-point line so, you know, you don't want to act like there wasn't a little bit of kind of outlier things happening, but right. you know, at the end of the day, like the point of basketball is to make shots. So if you make shots and the other team doesn't make shots, you deserve to win, right? Like that, that's kind of how it goes. And I like to think about kind of the shooting variance and meaner version, a lot of times more in the context within a game, like you mm -hmm. get out to a big lead, can you hold it? Right. And in this case, the Bucks got out to a nice lead in the first quarter and they had a three point, I think they had a, they were plus nine from three point line in the first quarter. I was like, all right, this is going to hold, this is going to hold. It held. <laughs> Thankfully. It very much held. And uh, yeah, I mean, you had to feel good when Malik Beasley hit that banked three pointer uh, at the halftime buzzer. I mean, he smiled for like, must have had a shit eating grin on his face for like five minutes. Like he was just like so tickled that he hit that shot. Um, it was great. I love to see it. He's obviously a guy that we've talked about having, you know, been put in a position where he's not always set up to succeed and doesn't necessarily get as many shots. Normally with that starting mm -hmm. five has been asked way too much of him defensively. But tonight, just like the, I mean, he loves shooting in Toronto, man. He was what, six and nine, three point shooting last time they were in Toronto. Yeah. The only bright spot tonight, he was one of a number of bright spots. So yeah, Dame coming, getting right. Uh, we knew that was going to happen at some point. Hopefully this is, you know, a harbinger of him getting loose and going into a sustained period of just being Dame. And Beasley was really good. And and again, I just thought beyond the shooting, it just felt like, you know, again, maybe the Bucks had some luck tonight, but felt like they were creating a lot of their own luck, especially in the first, you know, two, three quarters. Felt like they were always the first ones to the ball. Felt like they were pushing the pace. Mm -hmm. Felt like the physicality of the game, they were dictating a lot of that. And defensively, it felt like, you know, the the half court numbers. I think Toronto's first shot efficiency in the half court was 79 points per play. That's great for the Bucks. Yeah. Downside, way too many offensive rebounds yet again. But um, okay, fine. We'll we'll take we'll take that one issue on a night like this when pretty much everything went right. And again, you just feel good for this whole team. You feel good for Adrian Griffin and the coaching staff. Um, and we'll see, right? And we'll see how this translates. If you go in and lay an egg in Charlotte on Friday, or <laughs> then okay, this kind of one step forward, one step back. But um, hopefully, this was them getting over some of the just the grind of of what's been a uh, kind of a, a weird first ten games of the season. Now, game number eleven. Hopefully, maybe turning the page a little bit. Absolutely. And you mentioned how outstanding it was to see Dame looking like Dame. And the part that really stood out to me was his ability to continuously split double teams. And it was just fantastic to watch his screen navigation over and over and over again, because he was able to create his own shot out of that. Absolutely. By being able to get some shots at the rim, 
whether that was going to be a May layup or getting fouled and heading to the free throw line. But in addition to that, him being able to cause that havoc by splitting uh, the doubles and the pick and roll over and over was able to get a lot of open shots for his teammates as well. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I know Malik Beasley scored um, a couple of those threes off of Dame being able to just penetrate that Toronto defense so well. So that was super cool to see. And we spent a lot of time so far talking about the starters tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. And I do want to show some love to the bench and kind of dig into their performance as well. But first, I want to talk about our friends over at FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. And you guys know I say it often, hey, Packers might have lost last week, but that does not mean that that should stop you from checking out FanDuel and some options available to you when it comes to making bets because the app is just so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And in that and more part, it includes one of my favorite things, the Parlay Hub, which puts together a couple different lines for you to put your money down on. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season. Again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on uh, and kick off the NFL season right. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. Locked on has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on sports today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to the Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. That Locked On Network doing some big things out here. You love to see it. So make sure that you all go and subscribe to that as well. And as I mentioned, want to talk about the bench a little bit here because uh, the Bucks had six guys in total tonight scoring double figures, which was really cool to see. The bench put up 40 points. Most of that came from Bobby and Cam. Bobby dropped 18 tonight and Cam had 13. Pat Connaughton didn't really light up the scoreboard. I believe he only had three points tonight, but he had seven boards and was able to make an impact on the game with his hustle on defense. And we got some Thanasis minutes, not just in the fourth quarter with the game out of reach. Like, we got some actually pretty decent Thanasis minutes. He played some good defense, had two offensive rebounds that led to second chance opportunities for the Bucks. It was kind of cool to see him come out there and play some defense, although there were some low lights. Uh, I don't want to speak too much about the missed lob opportunity that he had. Uh, we want to focus on the positives here from the NASA. Did Dame, did Dame throw that? Who threw that lot? Yes, was he that? did. Dame did uh, throw that. was okay. So that was yet another example of Dame finally feeling like he's, he's throwing passes. By the way, the other thing I forgot to mention the other night, he had a pass over the top to Giannis. You know how Giannis, like Chris is great at this. Drew got good at this. We're like, Giannis goes into like a post up and then he kind of like gets behind the defender and seals him. And then, you know, they just throw it over the top yeah. to him. Dame had one of those passes the other night and I think he got fouled on it, but it was kind of like, okay, Dame, you're understanding what Giannis can do. You just, just, just throw it up there for a man. Like just, yeah. just put it, just, just put it out there. Like the wingspan is massive. Just try to get it up there to him and let him come down with it and work. But 
Frank, I do want to get your opinion on how the Bugs bench and rotations looked. I mean, we mentioned already there was no Giannis tonight. Jay Crowder is going to be out for the next two months. And then Marjan even got injured during the second quarter with an ankle injury at this point, unsure of the severity of it. But Marjan was uh, on Instagram, apparently at halftime commenting on a uh, injury post about himself saying like, I'll be all right. No worries. So uh, hopefully that's some good news. But what did you take away from the bench and rotation tonight? Well, first off, Camille, I never trust players when they say that they're okay after injuries. Giannis is like probably the best example. Giannis will like never admit that he's injured at all. Like his leg could have fallen off and they'll be like, I feel great, you know, like, you know, yeah, fine. Um, and I'm also thinking back to you as a Packer fan, probably remember Aaron Jones week one has the after amazing the game. After the game, he's like, oh, I'm Bob, fine, I'll be fine. And then what do you miss? Like two, three weeks or something? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so I'm I'm crossing my fingers for Marjan. Um, you know, unfortunately, Giannis' uh, Wolverine healing factor uh, does not carry over to, I don't know if he's, if he's able to give that to other teammates, but, um, hopefully it didn't look like a bad ankle turn with Marjan. Like he didn't like step on a foot. It was just like a weird plan. Yeah. Yeah. Just like a super, like real quick, you know, flip over. And then hopefully it was more just precautionary. Like, Hey, like why run him back out there when they were winning the game the way they did? So, um, but you know, again, I mean, it, it, it's such a weird situation, right? I mean, I think in previous years, um, you know, I didn't, I couldn't be that mad with Bud not playing young guys because it, it didn't feel like they were adding value. But mm-hmm. again, with this team and the need they have for athleticism and physicality defensively, and especially now with Dame and again, him being such a just offense unto himself. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that that Griffin threw, threw Andre Jackson into the starting five, right? I mean, I'm, I, I'd be interested to know if that, could work with the real starters, right? With, yeah. with, um, with Giannis in there as well. I think that's probably the big question is can, you know, can you get away with that when you also have Giannis not being a floor spacer and and needing room to operate? And again, once Andre Jackson, you know, starts a game or two, it actually plays real minutes. Then he gets on the scouting report and then teams will be like, Oh, okay. Like we're just not going to guard you. Right. And unfortunately we saw again today, he scores no points. He like had a couple, yeah. couple of plays where it's like, dude, you just go up and lay it in or dunk it or something. Right. And he just throws it, you know, it's like throws it back out for a, a teammate at three point line. It's like, okay, we, we enjoy the unselfishness, but dude, just get a bucket. freaking get a bucket. Like you don't have to go full Ben Simmons in the playoffs <laughs> against Atlanta, you know, on oh, this year. but um, I'm sorry that that's cruel. I shouldn't, I can't invoke a Ben Simmons against the Hawks reference for our boy Ajax. Um, so, but uh yeah, it'll be interesting, you know, exactly kind of what it looks like from a rotation standpoint um, moving forward. I, I think, again, you, you hope that Jay Crowder is the only guy that, you know, is going to be out in, you know over the next period with yeah. uh, with any consistency. I think, you know, Giannis missing the game with the calf. Um, he was probable last night and then he goes to out today. So. I'm going to, I'm going to be an optimist and interpret that as the Bucks medical staff saying, you know, he hadn't missed a game yet. We got a really important in-season tournament game on Friday. Not a win on Friday. Um, and maybe them just kind of looking at it and saying, look, it's, let's play the long game. Like let's not push any, push it at all. Just give him another couple of days off. Um, and that, you know, he'll be right as rain on Friday. 
certainly that was another reason why it was nice to see Dame just dominate mm-hmm. the way he what did and get to the rim and get wherever he wanted because you know after last game coming off that calf injury it was kind of like yeah maybe it's the calf is, is still feeling that calf a little bit so the fact that he I mean he played regular minutes last game too so mm-hmm. I thought that was encouraging um you know with Chris now I just like have this like concern that every time a a Bucks player gets injured and then comes back like they're going to be on this like weird minutes restriction for extended periods but um but thankfully Dame appears to be doing just fine and you know and now it's just hopefully cross fingers and um and just get to a consistent point of um performing at a high level night in and night out right um being Dame um so so we'll see um but yeah I mean I think otherwise rotation wise I mean you know, I, I think Andre playing. I mean, it's sort of one thing. I mean, without without Giannis, obviously you lose. You know, your your best overall impact defender. But mm-hmm. Andre does sort of different stuff, and because he is that kind of more malleable wing defender, um, you know, he does bring kind of a different look um, with Malik and, and and Dame out there. Um, but I I don't know. It, for whatever reason, it did feel like those guys stayed better connected you know, going over screens and, and defensively tonight. Um, I don't know. It just felt like anything, you know, I, I'd hate to kind of just go back to the hashtag energy and effort, you know, Jason Kidd cliche, but some nights it just, that's just what it feels like. Right. And, you know, all the, all the ball finds energy cliches, right. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just kind of what, what it felt like tonight. Just things went right. And when guys see the ball go in the hoop a bit, it has a lot of positive effects, right? You can't can't run off of made field goals the same way that you can off misses. The Raptors had some success running off misses tonight, but um, but man, when you're shooting the way you you saw the Bucks shoot tonight, just makes it a lot harder for the other team to uh, to make a run to to really get their own offense going. And um, I gotta say, Dennis Schroeder feels like Dennis has been a uh, sorry, Dennis Schroeder um, feels like he's been a a Bucks killer for a long time. Mm-hmm. Minus twenty nine tonight, nine points, five assists, two for nine from the field. That was refreshing to see. I enjoyed that. <laughs> um, and really, I mean, other than the Scotty Barnes, Jakob Peltel, really, just really got a lot of just a couple of great German names on on the yeah. Raptors. Um, aside from that kind of two man game that really gave the Bucks problems, I feel like that was where most of that huge paint uh, points in the paint advantage came from. Um, yeah, it, it felt like the Bucks actually defended pretty well, even though the kind of final stats, the defensive rating actually wasn't wasn't all that great. Um, so, yeah, twenty six offensive rebounds. Jesus Christ! Too can many, go. too many. Twenty six. Can you imagine if they lost a game giving up twenty six? I don't, I don't know that I've. I'm just looking at this freaking number in the box card. I don't know that I've ever seen. I can't remember seeing twenty six goddamn offensive rebounds. <laughs> That's <just> absurd. <laughs> Anyway, whatever, whatever. Um, you know, we, I'm, we, I'm okay. we, we mentioned the fact that maybe the shooting uh, that we got from the Bucks tonight is unsustainable, but I do want to kind of take a look into what the Bucks did tonight and what could have been sustainable because we've mentioned how comfortable Dame looked tonight. And one thing that was really interesting to me about that was his usage rate this evening. And I want to dive into that a little bit more as well as kind of have some takeaways about what could be sustainable from the Bucks going forward that they can continue to build off of after I talk to you all about our friends from Jace Medical. 
Now, the everydayers know we spend so much time talking. We get fired up after wins, like tonight, getting some revenge in Toronto after we got embarrassed. And we also get fired up after losses. I mean, we saw that all over Bucks Twitter. I'm thankful for the connection that we have. And today I want our chat to get a little bit more personal. I recently learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications, and I hope you realize what that means. You can bring on extended travel, the next natural disaster, even supply chain issues because you're going to be covered and you won't have to worry about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis or Viagra. And this is all possible because of our friends at Jace Medical. So make sure you go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code locked on at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills and have to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit and I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies and I highly recommend this for everyone. So if you or someone you love would like to get a peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily medication, Go to jaysmedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code locked on for $20 off of your purchase. All right. And as mentioned, I mean, Camille, if you need, if you needed, uh, if you're a Bucks fan and you need a prescription, I think, I think watching Dame Miller go to work is, is all you need tonight. So <laughs> another J- form J- of can Jace medical put that in a bottle? Uh, they'll, They'll make a lot of money. If, if you can bottle up Dame time, I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> are going to try to get on board with that one. But speaking of Dame, I mentioned he looked very comfortable tonight. And his usage rate has been something really interesting to me because this is a melding of two alpha dogs coming together on this Milwaukee Bucks team. Dame has historically had a pretty high usage rate as well as Giannis. And we all know that. And tonight with Giannis being out, Dame just said, I have to be aggressive. And you really saw that. It was his highest usage rate of the season, uh, 42.3. Over the previous played eight games, his usage rate was about 25.7. So that's something that I can understand. Going forward, when Giannis is back in the rotation, the usage rate probably won't be as high. But I do have questions around how, when they do stagger their minutes, if Dame can bring that same level of aggression as well as wondering uh, when they play together, how they're going to be able to meld in a little bit better. So it doesn't seem as much as like my turn, your turn, or I'm watching you get off or whatever the case may be. And also thinking about sustainability, our good friend, Justin Garcia, also from Locked On Bucks, as well as the Bucks Radio Network. He posted after the game, uh, that's a very, very small sample size. But since the Knicks game in Milwaukee on the 3rd of November, here are the Bucks' rankings. Offensive rating, they're 10th with 116.7. Defensive rating, they're 14th, 114. And their net rating is finally positive, 2.7. And that's good for 10th in the league over that time span. So, Frank, with the last five minutes or so that we have here, I want to throw it to you and get your opinions about what is sustainable that we saw from this Bucks win that we can look for them to carry forward. I mean, it's a little sobering, right, that like the – Ooh, hey, things hey, are going in the right direction. It's positive. like it's like your your tenth and fourteenth and tenth or something, and never. It's like uh, this, that doesn't feel like it's really that impressive. Um, <laughs> trending, uh, Frank. Trending. Yeah, yeah, trending. I mean, tonight everything was trending in the right direction. Um, I mean, I think the offense is the offense. That, that I mean, I, I was never. 
I could never get too worried about the offense. I think watching tonight's game, we saw lots of that, the V double high um, pick and roll. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it was Dame centric, but we saw how it being Dame centric also created opportunities for other guys, right. With, with all the assists and and the playmaking and, you know, Toronto, I think it was interesting. I think it was in this second quarter, maybe where Dennis Schroeder, uh, decided that he was going to basically pressure full court and the Bucks, you know, had a nice lead at that point. But, and at first I was like, oh man, he's really, he's really up and up and damn shit on, on this, right? Like literally like <laughs> deny ball denying, like, you know, it was like, oh, can we even get the end of the ball? Um, but you know, after like he did that for like a minute, it's like, okay, you know, guys, guys can't do that for, for too long. Um, and they figured it out and, you know, he, he didn't, Schroeder didn't play well. And, uh, and Dame obviously kind of figured it out, drew a foul, you know, he's a savvy guy. I mean, Dame just knows how to kind of manage this. This is not the first time someone's tried to ball deny him, you know, 94 feet from the basket or whatever it might be. So I thought that was good. And then, um, you know, the Bucks did get thrown a little bit by the, the zone defense, a little dose of their own medicine, you know, using that kind of zone with two guys at the top to basically force Dame mm-hmm. to give up the ball. Um, you know, it, as always, like NBA offenses always like have struggle with like the first couple minutes of adapting to that. I thought Chris f- playing from the wing when he was in the game, you know, was kind of really important again, just because of his passing and playmaking. And he just kind of, Chris was kind of like, Oh, you need me to make a couple baskets. Okay, fine. All right. Dribble, 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 mid ranger money. Um, so I think the offense though, I mean, they're too talented to, to not score a shitload of points and they should be able to do it very efficiently. And we've already seen, obviously, with Dame that they have an ability to create, you know, looks and, and basically get it done in crunch time. Um, so that's obviously what we're all hoping for in the playoffs and, and that those things kind of come together. Um, but I, I do think it's been weird. I mean, maybe not so much, probably in the first few games, I, it just seemed odd how much Dame was just sort of standing in the, on the left wing, mm-hmm. like watching and, that's not Damian Lillard's game. And so I agree. I, I don't I don't know what the exact kind of balance is going to look like as far as getting out of the my turn, your turn stuff. I think in a way it's been encouraging that they are so capable. Like, I mean, Giannis, the Giannis lineups without Dame have looked really good. And I think especially when he's playing with Chris, they're going to continue to look good. So, I mean, the good news is that like as long as you have, you know, Giannis and ideally Chris and, Dame, maybe Dame and Brooke, um, you know, you, you should be able to really withstand kind of stretches of, of not being able to score. Um, so I think, I think that's something I, I feel good about. I think this is sustainable, uh, defensively. I just don't know. I just don't know yeah. where to put this team, you know, like the, the defensive rebounding just seems to be getting kind of worse and worse. Um, and it doesn't seem like, like even when they win games, it's like it's like weirdly a problem, and they just sort of, you know, overcome it. So, so that's a bit odd. And and again, you know, compared to where they were last year, I mean, does swapping Dame for Drew Holiday like may mean that you no longer can get defensive rebounds? Like, I mean, it's not gonna. I don't think it's gonna help, but um, it shouldn't dramatically like throw off your ability to to defensive rebound. So I, again, I think that just has to become a, a bigger point of emphasis. Um, and so, you know, we'll see transition stuff. Wasn't as big of a problem tonight, but,
But to me, to me, it's like, man, you guys got to solve rebounding and, and transition stuff. And to me, so much of that is just like tactics mindset. Like, what are you trying mm-hmm. to do? Right. Are you trying to leak out? Are you gambling, um, on defense for the rebounding, you know, as far as, <coughs> um, the transition stuff, like, are you sending too many guys to crash the glass? Although the Bucks sent guys to crash the glass last year too. And they were better at it. Like the, they're not even good at offensive rebounding right now. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're getting killed in transition, but the transition numbers have come down. I mean, they were horrendous to start the year. They've come back down to much more normal levels. Still not good, but, um, but at least there's, there's some movement there. So yeah, I, I mean, at this point, you know, the stat should be pointed out, right? With with the big three, they're five and one. I guess you can't count this game. So they, they nope. still haven't had like a, an impressive game with it's all coming those guys together. I feel it. But, you know, I think Friday, we know we know the Bucks always step up their game when it's an in-season tournament Friday night game, Camille. This is what hey. those these guys live for. The in-season tournament, everybody grew up playing in their uh in their driveways dreaming of hitting game winning shots in an in-season tournament game um and so uh hopefully they can kind of put things together but uh, <laughs> but anyway um that's it's the biggest night of the year Camille hey, Charlotte listen. Milwaukee in-season tournament let's do this what let's see what kind of gross court uh Charlotte can can break out Hey, a half a million dollars can be quite motivating to a lot of players. I think that's what we've been seeing so far with the in-season tournament games. But like you mentioned, uh, they definitely have to get some things together as they continue working. But tonight, let's let's celebrate the fact that the Bucks had a pretty commanding win. Mm-hmm. And let's celebrate your Wi-Fi tonight because there was no freeze frame, Frank. And that is another win. In the I think book. I dropped. I think I dropped while you were talking for like ah, five seconds. Cool. So I like I ducked out. <laughs> I didn't hear you for a second. And then I came back. So even the Wi-Fi gods were were on our side tonight. Look so really, just what can you complain about? Yeah, we're going to wrap up and look to get out of here. But as a reminder, make sure that you checked out Locked On Sports, uh, the YouTube page. As a reminder, it is the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So make sure that you guys go and subscribe to that, as well as subscribe to the Locked On Bucks YouTube page. If you haven't already, if you have like the videos, drop a comment, uh, rate and review wherever you can on the audio platform as well. For Frank and myself, we're going to get out of here. We hope you all have a good night and we'll talk to you soon.